is one of the best and most versatile athletes in the world. She won around 100 medals on the world orienteering and ski orienteering scene with 25 gold medals from the world championships to her name. Last winter, she finished second overall in the ISMA World Cup and she also won the gold medal at the world championships in the combined ranking. In total, she won eight gold medals in 2021 in free sports and its world championships. Ladies and gentlemen, the very first guest of the Skimocast, Tove Alexanderson. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tove. Thanks for your time. And uh, for us, it's an honor to have you. We're quite happy that we could have uh, uh, could have get to you and uh, let's uh, keep this uh, Skimocast uh, fun. It's going to be uh, kind of a freestyle. We want to know some stuff we want to share with you and we want you to, to spread something uh, also to people not knowing you. Maybe we can start <laughs> with, good. with a very basic question. Who is and where does the superwoman Tove Alexanderson come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come from Sweden, from uh, Borlänge and Falun. So it's... Uh, quite south in Sweden um, and there is where I am from and where I'm living for the moment also. Yep. And um, when you are thinking of yourself uh, from your childhood uh, as a person, not as a runner or uh, uh, somebody who likes to compete, uh, how do you see yourself uh, in your life today? Having achieved uh, so many medals, uh, Who is uh, Tove Alexanderson when she's not competing? <laughs> uh, I have always liked uh, adventure and challenges. And I was a kid and to do many different kinds of things and try new things. So I have always had a lot of energy and I don't like to be inside. I want to be outside and doing things. I read that you participated in your first race before you turn one year old. Is it true? Uh, yeah, in orienteering we have this uh, mini knot. It's called and it's just a short course, but you have a map and my family is doing orienteering. So I have been out at uh, yeah, the competition since I yeah was born. So directly when I could start walking, I... Uh, yeah, did this uh, short course. So yes, that's true. <laughs> that, that's that's pretty amazing because it seems that you are doing sports since forever then. <laughs> But yeah, uh, when, yeah, you, when you did actually start practicing the sport on a daily basis? Yeah, I have done it all my life because we have been out at competitions and I was, uh, yeah, just a kid. So And in orienteering, we have this mini knot to start with. And then I have just continued to take yeah, the steps. So I have been out at uh, yeah, competitions and trainings all my life. It has been, orienteering is a kind of a lifestyle. And it's like the whole family is going out at the competitions. And you are there and it's social also. You are spending the weekends at the competitions. And I had my friends there. And yeah, so has been a big part of my life. 
Yeah, it seems to be uh, the part of uh, your life outside of the orienteering is uh, something special for you. This seems to be quite normal. Uh, camping uh, on the races and uh, <laughs> uh, picking uh, blackberries and blueberries and uh, <laughs> reading a map uh, in the fast transitions. But uh, uh, we as a, as a scheme of people, as you, which have become also, uh, we were really uh, uh, surprised when you have uh, stormed and entered uh, the schemo. Uh, do you see any similarities between schemo and orienteering? How do you think orienteering helps you in the schemo and the vice versa? Can you think of uh, this for a while? Uh, yes, it uh, has some similarities. It's like also, I think both is like adventure sports and you never know exactly what to expect at the competition. It's always uh, new things that happen and it's uh, both really physical, but also technical, especially in the downhills in schema and you really need to be focused all the time. So... Yeah, I think uh, that's a bit uh, the same. And it's also quite the same type of training. You need a lot of hours and also some interval training. And so, so it's like the same ground for yeah the physical level. When and why did you decide uh, to try to race in Schema World? Uh, was it also to look for a new challenge after you reached uh, almost everything possible and impossible in the orienteering sport? Yeah, I have always liked to be out in the mountains and the winter and skiing. And uh, what I enjoy most with skiing is going up <laughs> and down. And... Uh, I have been looking for, yeah, like schema. I had been looking for schema for some years and I really wanted to try it. So it was more like when than if. So then I felt like, you know, it's time <laughs> to try. So I'm really happy for that because I enjoy it so much. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, can you think of uh, what was the biggest obstacle in the beginning? Was it a proper technique or transitions or downhill? Or what was the most uh, challenging uh, skills or skill set for you to enter uh, race schema? Can you remember uh, something about this? Yeah, of course. I think it was to be like friend with the equipment. Everything was totally new for me. I am used to going with skis, but like cross-country skis. <laughs> and this is uh, something different. So I think to learn yeah, how to move and have, how to do everything around with the equipment and that kind of technique was uh, the thing that was hardest to learn. All right, so uh, yeah, uh, so the transition zones must have kept you awake uh, through the nights. But uh, as we saw you last winter, you did well. And as our podcast is uh, coming forward, uh, this is what we called uh, transition zone as well in our podcast. And here we would love to talk about and to hear from you more about your uh, about your lifestyle and. Uh, uh, firstly, Tove, do you know your current position in Schemostat ranking? 
Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, have a look at it. I, I, I think you are on the podium. <laughs> well, you can check it afterwards. And <laughs> uh, uh, transition zones uh, also means uh, kind of uh, challenges when you're going up or downhill after them. And uh, to be trained, uh, it's, a, it's a huge uh, background we uh, all need to have and uh, Tobetli especially. Do you train yourself or you have somebody supervising your training? No, I'm uh, training by myself. So actually I have been, of course I had had some help from the Swedish team. The girls showed me from the beginning because I was just coming to my first <laughs> training camp and I had a, I didn't know anything. So I just had to look uh, how they were doing it. And after that, I have been trying to improve by myself and learning and looking at other people, how they, they are doing. But uh, otherwise, it's just to practice, practice and practice. <laughs> so it, it's, it's cool to hear. So you're natural, you're, you're, you're learning by doing. And uh, now, do you see yourself as a, um, uh, as a somebody who has learned to, to train uh, well for yourself, for your sake, for your style? Uh, yes, I have no like, uh, coach that uh, tells me how to train. I'm doing everything by myself and decide what to train and when and where in the world. So I like that also to build up my own plan and decide uh, what to train. And uh, it works well for me. Okay, and uh, for example, how do you know you can go training? What do you evaluate before you train? What, what are you looking at? Is it some data or is it your feelings only? Or, or are you strictly following the training plan? And I'm going quite much at feeling how the body feels. I always want to like push the body to train as hard as possible and then... Uh, rest as good as possible into the big competition. So I'm trying to like be at a limit for what my body can do. But then I also really have to like uh, uh, go for the feeling also to not uh, go over the, my limits. Uh, so it's much about uh, pushing as hard as possible, but it, be on the right side of uh, the line <laughs> yeah yeah uh, what's this seems logical and uh, are you a big fan or another big fan of uh, recovery or compensation how do you compensate uh, your endurance effort normally yeah it's uh, no I, i like the training part the most i'm not so much for <laughs> just relaxing but i know that i really have to And I also have massage and things like that to, yeah, uh, do the recovery better and to eat good food and to, yeah, I'm trying to do that part as good as possible also. Yeah, as you mentioned, your, your, uh, your intake, your food 
you're not on any special kind of diet uh, i mean like vegan or uh, fruitarian uh, meat seafood in flan actually in a in a dining room we saw you just eating a few apples and then uh, uh, then storming the race uh, so <laughs> you are on a short uh, carbohydrates or uh, what was the magic behind your diet <laughs> Oh no, it's not uh, any magic like that. I'm trying to eat uh, as good as possible and uh, mm, yeah, to good stuff. I'm eating quite much vegetarian, but uh, uh, some meat also, but mostly vegetarian food and mostly like carbohydrates. So yeah, it's uh, nothing like <laughs> really strange with my food. So when it comes to the food, uh, what is a Swedish national dish? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's hard to say. We have these um, meatballs and uh, potatoes maybe, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> and uh, also Sweden is really nice uh, winter country, but... Uh, What about the conditions for skimo in Sweden? Uh, you know, the mountains and uh, the vertical meters you can do there? Yeah, it's not uh, that good. <laughs> uh, at least not where I'm living. Cross-country skiing is really big in Sweden, but uh, we don't have so many high mountains. And where I'm living, I can get like maybe 200 height meters. <laughs> so it's not so much. Uh, so I really like to be out yeah, in the Alps and training there because it's much better conditions for Eskimo. Oh, so you spend the whole winter when co-painting in ISME World Cup uh, in Europe or do you return home between races? Mm, last year I spent quite much time uh, here down yeah, in the Alps and wasn't home so much at all. Uh, so... I think it will be something similar this winter also. Now get back to the second part of our interview, which will be connected uh, with the recent past and the near future of you. So last season, you finished second overall in the World Cup. How do you feel when you look back to the very su successful season? You also won two races uh, and the combined World Championships. Uh, how do you look back to, to the crazy months yeah i'm so happy with the season i really had a great time and it was so fun to compete and i felt strong at almost every competition so that was a really good feeling and i i learned a lot during the competition and was getting better and better so it was a yeah really fun season and i'm really happy about it Uh, there is maybe one negative point about uh, your season, and it's uh, you, you know what uh, you you yeah, yeah, yeah. you were disqualified uh, in the very last uh, sprint race uh, because you didn't uh, come to the awarding ceremony of sprint category for the World World Cup season. Was uh, what was your first reaction when you found out that you were disqualified, and uh, did you also realize that? This is just why you won't win the the World Cup uh, against Axel. 
Yeah, actually, I took it really, really hard because, uh, yeah, it just felt so wrong. It was nothing about the competition and it was totally misunderstanding. My coach told me that it was just top three that should be at the prize giving. And because they didn't want to have people there, they didn't want audience, so we left. But if they had like tried to call us, or something we wasn't far away so I had come directly so yeah it felt I was really really sad because the World Cup was a big goal for me and I was just so happy that I had did so well at the competition and then to be like disqualified and like (laughs) miss the title because of yeah that just felt uh, yeah, I was I was really sad. It felt so wrong. Yeah, so uh, uh, kind of a this can be, or maybe it's not going to be. But you may be still thinking that uh, this would be an added motivation for winning the the next one. What about your plans for the upcoming winter? Are you focused on uh, winning the overall World Cup or? This should be, or this could be your goal for this winter, right? Um, no, actually not. I was more feeling that uh, I missed a bit of the motivation for doing the World Cup with the, all these kind of strange rules they have. It's like, actually, I, I'm reading the rules really, really carefully. And even if I do, I'm every competition afraid to do something wrong. And I'm not the only one that have been like, punished for <laughs> stupid thing during the season so after that I was just feeling that oh, yeah it's just so many stupid rules so actually and the race I was enjoying the most last season was uh, the Pyramenta even if it was just one day so I'm actually looking forward for some grand course races this winter and I think I will focus more on them than the World Cup all right this is uh, this is something uh, which is uh, uh, which is facts for you right it's uh, yeah it's a common sense that you if you're attending or not at at the same time uh, at the awarding ceremony this shouldn't uh, stand uh, between you and uh, getting the world cup but uh, it already happened it's uh, sad to hear this that you, uh, after such uh, such problems, you lack uh, motivation. And yes, uh, rules uh, are uh, sometimes uh, very uh, ridiculous to to even apply. Uh, and uh, uh, hearing from you that you're looking forward to Pieramenta, uh, which is a Grand Course event. Uh, for us is uh, even better because uh, have you already thought uh, about uh, whom you're gonna do Pieramenta with or can you can you tell some some names have you been uh, thinking uh, about somebody uh, to team up for Pieramenta let's say yeah we will see uh, uh, which grand course races I will do and we'll do some of them at least and uh, we will see with uh, yeah, if I will do it with different persons and so, so the plan is not uh, uh, totally ready yet and it's not 
Churchill official, which ones I will go with, but I will for sure do some of the grand course races at least. Oh, also, it seems uh, that <clears throat> it's not a problem for you to give top performances after such a demanding winter. This year, you won two gold medals at the European Championships right in the beginning of the spring, and then you won all the five gold medals at the World Champs in orienteering. What is the secret behind this amazing transition between two such different sports? Yeah, I have always had like a winter sport and summer sport. Before Skimo, I did ski on tune during the winter, so I'm used to it. Uh, but I think that the Skimo has been really good and that I have uh, my physical level uh, has been better this year. So I think the Skimo also gave me a lot for orienteering. And I'm really happy about that. So uh, yeah, it's just feels like a really, really good combination. And what does your training uh, in winter look like? Are you also running during the winter to like uh, keep in this uh, running, you know, st stereotypes a bit? Uh, I'm, uh, it's different. Some winters I've been running quite a lot. Uh, last winter I wasn't running almost anything. <clears throat> because I had a small injury in the middle of the winter. And uh, after that, it was just so intense with the competitions all the time. So I hadn't so much time to run so much. So uh, yeah, I started to run directly after the last World Cup races and it, yeah, increased the running after that. Uh, Tove, uh, um... I'm sure you've heard that uh, Schema is going to be Olympic uh, in 2026 in Milano Cortina. Uh, Winter Olympics uh, is our sport going to be present and uh, uh, you will be able to get some medals uh, from there. Uh, is this your uh, the biggest goal in Schema, maybe to compete in Olympics? Uh, yeah, I hope it will be good competitions and it's like uh, more than four years to it, but uh, I really hope that I will still will do Schemo and to be able to fight uh, about the medals there. Yeah, and uh, regarding this, uh, uh, we do see you also as kind of a kind of a Swedish ambassador of Schemo. Uh, Has, have you been uh, already approached by Swedish uh, Olympic Committee uh, about uh, this, uh, this Milano Cortina Olympics stuff? Uh, no, I haven't, <laughs> but I hope I will. <laughs> yeah, okay, because uh, you know you're, you're a huge star. We see you as a, as a, as a uh, big prospect in, uh, in the scheme of world, so uh, Maybe you're gonna help um, uh, the Swedish schema grow uh, back home, right? Yeah, I really hope so. The schema has had some uh, yeah, attention, attention the last year, so I hope that. And it feels like more people are starting to also yeah go out in the mountains for ski touring and so. And I hope it also more people will start to try to compete. But as I said before, we don't have so many high mountains in Sweden and so many places where it's possible to do a good schema competitions. But 
uh, yeah, I think it will grow and that we will have some competitions. Uh, yeah, we already have some competitions in Sweden, but I hope we will have uh, more next uh, this winter also. Okay, and uh, uh, as we are big fans of you uh, and we are quite following you on your social media channels, we uh, we couldn't have noticed that uh, you were coming back from uh, COVID and you were quite uh, frankly speaking about it. Uh, have you uh, have you felt something was really compromised when you got back? Uh, was was something really that you you have been like uh, surprised? I don't know the muscle quality, uh, stamina, breathing. Uh, was there something that was really compromised by COVID? And now it was more like the whole body was affected, and that I was really really tired. And the recovery process was really bad. And I, I just like you feel that something is wrong, that the body isn't working as it should be. Should, but now I feel recovered again and I have, yeah, the, it's like no problem I feel like before. So. All right. And, uh, uh... Well, you seem to be in a good shape, uh, in a good mood, and uh, we all uh, we all are mountain people. And uh, we would love to ask you, uh, as we are coming to an end of our of our interview, what is the most satisfying feeling you get to experience in mountains? Uh, for example, for me, uh, it is a feeling of sweaty cold first layer being changed for dry and warm. <laughs> One from the backpack, feeling super dry and warm, you know, and again, ready to go or to only go downhill and home. Uh, what is the, you know, do you have something like this uh, uh, when uh, when uh, being in mountains, something what really makes you feel good? Yeah, I, you know, I love to push, push hard and like to co- come up to a, a peak and like just see the view that's my like favorite moment to like yeah be on the top and like just looking out so yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah yeah yes you seem like it yeah when when i try to resemblance uh, your face in uh, when we saw you last time uh in racing uh you seem to be somewhere else in your mind uh when racing uh Do you, when you see your pictures, your images from racing, uh, do you laugh a bit? <laughs> um, yeah, I know that I'm really, really focused and then I am in my own bubble. Mm, yeah. It's like when you're running or in cheering races, you need to be so focused all the time because you need to like, uh, yeah, be focused on the map. It's like you can't think about anything other for just one second. So it's like my competition mood to be, really in my own bubble and just focus so I'm also doing it in schema even if it's no map to focus on <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, um, uh, there's a one more question that is uh, that has occurred in our minds uh, do you love to be alone in nature uh, it's both uh, I enjoy most to like be with other people to train with, together with other and to share the experience but uh, I have no problem to be alone either sometimes it's really nice to just be there alone but 
most of the time I like to share it with other people. All right. Yeah. I, I think that we ran out of our questions and we want to thank you for your time because we know that you are right now in Italy um, focusing on the next World Cup races in orienteering. So thank you so much for finding time for uh, Schemostats and Schemocast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Tove. Uh, is there something you want to ask us as a Schemostats? <laughs> maybe, maybe you can uh, give us some hints on uh, what to do, what to do better, or do you have some questions uh, regarding uh, our work? I really, really like uh, the website and to have everything on the same place and also to like see all the competitions and things like that so i think you are doing a great job with it i'm i'm visiting visiting the site quite often actually <laughs> to look at the competitions at least the yeah two last winter to see yeah at the competitions and so so you are doing a great work <laughs> wow that, that's such an honor for us to to hear these amazing words from such an athlete as as you and Yeah, we hope to see you back uh, on the World Cup circuit in Piramenta. And, you know, last season you finished uh, second in our ranking. So right now we are looking for a new number one in, in this Stimostats <laughs> yeah. ranking. So <laughs> I hope so. We will see. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. And we wish you good luck in your races in Italy. So thanks, yeah. Tove. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye.